Welcome to another podcast session by Hivebreed the Talks. I'm Dimitri Stefani, your host, and today we have a very special guest, Marika. He's a national communication lecturer at the NHL Stanton University and program coordinator of the talent program at the Hansa University in the Netherlands. Her specialization is in international communication and communication development. She is specialized in culture, anthropology, development, new media, and ICT. And she's committed to implementing the most cutting edge concepts in the area, such as design-based education and passing on her expertise to the next generation. Moraika, welcome to the talks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, uh, Dimitris, uh, for introducing me. Uh, that's a whole mouthful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How is the weather in the Netherlands? <laughs> Oof, um, the weather is uh, grey um, at the moment, uh, no rain uh, as what we can have in the Netherlands, so, so that's uh, uh, fortunate, um, but uh, no, it's grey, hopefully uh, some snow um, uh, is expected for uh, Christmas days, but uh, not uh, not until now, uh, so it's a grey cloudy actually, uh, how about yours, uh, is it sunny in Cyprus? It's, it's, it's sunny enough, I must say, <laughs> I, I, I'm a bit jealous, I'm just a bit jealous out there, we don't have snow. <laughs> Yeah, so can you yet. tell us yeah. can, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then a little bit about the university and the program of course of course again um let me introduce myself um, my name is uh, Marijke Bovem I'm originally from the Netherlands uh, born and raised here but uh, travels uh, actually quite a bit elsewhere I worked elsewhere um in Belgium France and uh, Belize um, Belize is in uh, Central America I studied myself in uh, Sweden, uh, so I really have an international uh, approach. Um, let me see, uh, I work for two universities uh, currently and do many things aside, uh, but uh, I work for NHL Standard University uh, in the Netherlands, uh, which is located in the, in the north of the Netherlands, and uh, also at Groningen uh, University, so it's uh, Hansa University where I'm coordinating the talent program, and that's for communication. Um, uh, multimedia design ICT. Um, that's a talent pool I'm educating uh, there. And at NHL Standard, I do that with international business students. Yeah. Um, I currently do my specialization. Um, I studied my master's in communication and development. Uh, so that's in a non governmental field. Before that, I studied international communication. So that's my uh, field of expertise. Um, currently, I'm diving deep into the topic globalization, which is a theme, um, which is a modern word for globalization, which is conviviality. And conviviality is an approach how multicultural groups work together, actually. And I'm doing a case study in uh, South Africa. Uh, I have uh, ties with uh, South Africa and uh, I'm investigating this further and uh, to make a documentary studies uh, out of this. That's uh, that's the upper goal. So that's I'm currently busy with. Yeah. Great, great. Very interesting, very interesting. And because mm -hmm. our audience today is mostly marketeers, uh, young marketing executives or mm -hmm. marketing managers across the world, I think it will be interesting and valuable to talk about how an educational organization nurtures growth into the young minds that are taking over companies and brands around the mm -hmm. world and mm -hmm. also what are the needs from the industry and uh, how people can um, expand themselves in, into an international approach and how they can think more openly into mm -hmm. a connected uh, digital economy mm -hmm. yeah 
Um, internationalization is a big part of it. Um, I truly have that in my DNA. Um, and that's also how I'm educated, actually, and also how I'm programmed, perhaps, because I love uh, different cultures, uh, visiting different uh, countries, etc. Uh, so I learned a lot from that, but also from my students, of course, coming from all over the world. Um, let me see, internationalization, um, uh, it's also in the approach of our university uh, quite a bit. Uh, so we won prizes for that as well. Um, so we uh, won the Secret Award, uh, which is uh, a certificate uh, for quality in internationalization in higher education. Um, meaning that we have international staff members, we have international projects, we have international students uh, with that. Uh, so it's completely embedded, and not only in our program, but also in our university. And in that sense, we really embrace it. It's not just an English taught program, uh, but it is really in your DNA. It's sometimes hard to explain what truly internationalization means and uh, how to embrace this. This has to do with understanding really cultural competence. Uh, how am I cultural competent as a teacher, but also as an individual? Um, if I'm working with a client in Cyprus or in South Africa or in uh, the United States or in China, uh, you need to fully understand your counterparty and fully yeah. respect that uh, as well. What is their point of view? Um, and how will they behave? Uh, how can I replace myself in their shoes? Um, so internationalization and in becoming intercultural competent uh, and truly understanding uh, this, um, this can be done via education, um, but um, you also need to uh, embrace it. You need to be curious uh, towards uh, other mindsets instead of uh, holding it, uh, holding yourself back. Uh, look at big um, international brands like uh, Nike, how they lift actually, how they are able to uh, embrace multicultural groups and lift their products with that. If you truly understand this, how you can cope with each other, how you can overcome conflict uh, resolution, because it can clash, of course, different yeah, of uh, course. cultural groups uh, coming together, having different mindsets, different values where you're born and raised with. Um, and I found that uh, particularly interesting uh, in my students, but also in my clients and so on all over the world. Yeah. How about you? Do you see this also in, um, in hybrids? Well, we we try to embrace internationalization. I think mm -hmm. you must have understood that since we we are also having an intern from your university, mm -hmm. and we we believe that we no longer live in um, cluster societies. Mm -hmm. We are a, a big international family that just needs to find a common narrative to create value and, and grow and evolve. Mm -hmm into mm -hmm. this changing world. Mm -hmm. um, but let, let me come back to the mm -hmm. international Sorry. business studies and yeah. the, um, the university mm -hmm. uh, as a structure, because mm -hmm. a university is a micro version of the society. But in your case, I think mm -hmm. in, in both uh, um, universities you're studying and um, uh, sorry, teaching and mm -hmm. tutoring, um, there is a a huge uh, diversification of students like like mm -hmm. uh, there are people from around the world with mm -hmm. uh, different cultures different um, thought processes dif different worldviews but still you need to educate them about one mm -hmm. specific thing mm -hmm. and um, you, you you should maintain a structure a process an approach 
something that at the end of the day will ensure that they have learned something. Mm -hmm. How do you manage doing that when mm -hmm. people from around the world are experiencing uh, knowledge and uh, information in many different ways? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do I actually embrace all these cultural groups in, in one classroom? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's particularly what I like when I started working uh, at a former study program, uh, International and Business and Management Studies. Um, uh, I had a group of students of 12 students and every individual was coming uh, from somewhere else. Only perhaps two uh, national students and the rest individually every, coming from every corner of the world. And that's what I like particularly um, so much about this program being uh, so international. Um, and um, to come back to your uh, approach, how do you make sure that you engage with all these uh, cultural groups? Um, well, it starts with yourself having uh, an idea um, where students come from, um, uh, having an idea of what is their worldview. For an Asian student or for a student for Africa uh, or the United States or from Europe, and then again in Europe you have different uh, nationalities, um, saying yes and meaning no, um, literally with the handshakes, uh, can lead to confusions, uh, of course. So um, you need to understand yourself um, becoming intercultural competent. And uh, so that's one thing. Um, but also the students need to understand themselves. What is my value? Where do I come from? Because often it occurs in group work where they work together, that is this clashing. Uh, mm. Because you have no idea that a student from uh, Africa, for instance, group bonding is mu much more uh, important than individual records, uh, like sometimes in European countries is the case. So the end result counts actually. And then if you sit with a group uh, together where one uh, student is really on, I want to bond with my team members, while others are uh, result-driven, uh, and yeah. that is clashing, of course. So you need to break it up to see where does every individual come from and to understand each other's mindset. Uh, um, how uh, is he or she raised, what are their values, and how can you uh, lift this actually together? If you are able to overcome this, then you can lift and boost uh, your creativity, uh, your innovation level, and then you really can excel and uh, that's what, and become flexible, flexible becoming uh, to work all over the world and to overcome these struggles and to work and live overseas, uh, for instance, but also in your national country to overcome these, uh, these struggles by simply changing your mindset. Oh, it must be uh, tough for this person or it must be easy or whatever is in the mindset of, um, of the person. And coming back to teaching itself, uh, so that's understanding each other, but also with teaching, I pay attention to that, knowing that one individual comes from somewhere. Uh, oh, that is different. And, and Western teaching approach doesn't say that that is taught uh, at a different corner of the world. Mm. Uh, Asian students or even from East Europe or from Southern Europe or Northern Europe, they have different um, backgrounds in teaching experience. So we tell in the beginning what kind of teaching approach we have, but also to um, lift it. Because in the Netherlands, we are quite open, quite reflective, reflecting on our thinking, but sometimes we can also be bold uh, and that can harm uh, somebody, of course. So understanding my values from, okay, I can be um, bold um, because of um, uh, the fact that I'm Dutch, um, but also with other cultures, um, they have also, they're not stereotyping, but 
being aware of uh, differences and not to uh, stress the difference, but to embrace it. That would be my, my biggest tip, actually, also for clients, also for campaigns, to understand your client truly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the uh, same thing applies to brands and corporations, uh, even uh, interna uh, internal teams or even companies and brands communicating out, out there for their potential audiences. So mm -hmm. are, are there any basic guidelines or any um, approach you will suggest for cross-cultural communication to brands trying to go out there and communicate to a broader international group? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tips what I would give to you um, if you are a brand owner uh, here in, in Cyprus or um, somewhere over the world um, or and that you work with international clients uh, either way. So if you're an international brand yourself or a client, um, it's the same thing. Really uh, dive into your client. Um, so um, what is their core needs? What is truly dive deep in what you as a company really would like to excel? Um, what is your values? What are your beliefs? What is the ownership? Um, what kind of vision do we have? Same as if you work for brands overseas. And why is it then that vision? Why do you have that vision? And why do you want to embrace that? And how can you put that in your corporate story? Or perhaps how you, can you twist this? Uh, how can you put this the other way around um, to make sure that you engage with your customers, with your clients? Um, and then not only from the company point of view, uh, so truly uh, engage with your vision, your um, what you want to excel, but also with your clients. What are they looking for? What are they their identities? Um, uh, and really try to suit uh, their needs and not um, as a commercial asset, but really as an understandable uh, asset that you truly filter uh, a client and um, what is their uh, persona, what is their uh, ambitions, uh, what channels do they look at. Um, so connect the both of them. Um, that's what I would say. And internationally, um, think of the differences, differences in country. You can have globalized campaigns, but also, of course, localized campaigns. Yeah, Something yeah. what works in the Netherlands might not work in Cyprus or the other way around. Or um, So dive deeply into the society. What is their core beliefs? Uh, what is um, nice in um, uh, Cyprus at the moment? What is really trendy? What is really uh, up to speed? And try to connect it to that. Uh, so not even globalized campaigns, but also localized campaigns. Yeah, does that answer your having, question? <laughs> having, <laughs> having said that, and also you talk about uh, creating a persona. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that you could create a, an internationalized persona for a brand? Or would you create a big uh, international persona for generalized uh, image campaigns for a brand and then more specific ones for, for local audiences? Um, really depends on your brand. Um, if you have a global brand um, like um, Nike or like Coca-Cola or like um, uh, Heineken, uh, though still you can have a global um, brand campaign for global awareness, no matter where you are, um, that uh, the Christmas um, um, commercial of uh, Coca-Cola is widely known. That's yeah. a globalized campaign. But if you uh, look locally, um, in India, they also had a campaign with caps 
for instance, um, to do a call action because many ac experts wanted to call home um, for Christmas or for uh, whether it's Christmas or uh, another period of the year. So they made the localized campaign. So even if you are an uh, and it was a huge success, by the way. Um, even if you're a global brand, making it adaptable locally uh, would um, uh, strengthen your brand. And though you need to do this in a good way, of course, uh, um, you need to think of your clients uh, at the destination and also link it to your brand campaign, make it as transparent, as coherent uh, as possible, um, because otherwise um, you might make mistakes uh, there as well. So. Um, be as simple sometimes as uh, transparent um, to make sure that it hits the market. Sometimes you need to do a funny twist, some, uh, sometimes a very innovative twist, being sustainable. Um, it could be many angles, depending on your business or depending on the client's needs, um, what they're currently at. For example, in Germany or in the northern uh, part of um, um, Europe, they are very much into sustainability. So you know that the mindset of people will be different uh, and they are much more focused on it than, for example, in the Netherlands, we're not that far yet. Um, so um, you need to adapt it to where the level where the uh, consumer is and uh, try to adapt it. So in campaigning, Scandinavia or the Netherlands or in Cyprus, it's, um, yes, I would say um, localize it even, although if you're a global brand, yeah. Um, talking about a deeping dive into the brand needs and the consumer expectations and how you bridge the gap between them. Mm -hmm. I was also making an association in my mind about how you can bridge the gap between the education process to, mm -hmm. and how, how the learning process and method can help future marketeers or international business mm -hmm. managers, mm -hmm. um, reflect and, and build all the tools for the future. So mm -hmm. what, what is the process um, that, that you use in, in international courses like the mm -hmm. one you're teaching at? Mm -hmm. um, so how can um, teaching approaches, how can that help actually um, international campaigns um, if I understood you, uh, understood you right? Um, our, um, we work with uh, design-based uh, education or design thinking. Uh, I don't know if the audience is aware of um, the method methodology. Um, I know that Hivebreed uh, actually makes uh, makes use of the of the system, um, but we have an, an enhanced system. It's coming actually from the north, um, and it's a an highly uh, enhanced system. Uh, with design thinking, you uh, follow a couple of steps. So mm -hmm. first, really empathize uh, with the client. Um, what is really, really going on. So really dive deep in a company, what is currently going on, um, what are the challenges, uh, what the company faces, uh, what is the underlying reason for that, what are the market um, uh, changes with that. Then you define really uh, a problem, uh, well, I wouldn't call it a problem, but a challenge for a company to see uh, what, is, uh, what is at stake and where can I help the company with. So perhaps your client comes with a question to you, uh, this is my um, challenge, can you help me with that? Then still, I would really emphasize, is this really the challenge or what is the underlying reason with that? That's what you do in the first phases, so empathize and then a defined phase. And then you're going to prototype uh, an idea of what you have so far, and then you're going to test it, um, you're going to evaluate it, and then you're going to improve it, actually. So um, 
those are steps of design thinking and then constantly coming back, okay, did I have that right? Test it with your client. Uh, that's called ideation or that's called um, um, returning to your client and then uh, not ideation, ideation uh, is the ideas, what you have so far. Uh, and then test it constant, validate what your client, is it um, truly what you want? Um, so you constantly go back and then you, um, uh, let me see, then you um, see whether this fits with the client or that you need to adapt. Um, that's what the system is about. And what is the um, ideal uh, situation of this design thinking is that you um, really look at the client's needs, um, what are they currently facing, um, and that you adapt to it. So instead of having a traditional teaching method that I uh, give a masterclass about marketing or about communication, um, no, we give um, students a challenge with a company or like uh, my intern at your company is now doing, really looking at what is currently at stake in Hive, uh, Hive yeah. Breathe. How can we improve this? How can we optimize this? And that's a different way than uh, doing it in a traditional way of um, uh, having masterclasses and so on. Um, only knowledge production. No, we really look at what is currently going on in the market and how can we make our teaching approach adapted uh, to that uh, where a, comp a company would benefit from, uh, the student benefits from uh, from the current trends and developments and a teacher also learns from because what is currently at stake. So you stay up to speed with what is happening in the society um, and you adapt it again that in your classes. Um, but um, so that's a method what we use and in the past we used um, problem-based learning for instance and that is more focused on a case study, a traditional mm. case study uh, that you get. Okay, we have uh, company X, you have these challenges or problems in that case. And how can you filter them and how can you solve them? But then you don't have the iteration, meaning going back to your client, uh, returning. Is this what you want? Yes, it is or no, it is that we need to um, adjust. So it's an enhanced method that you constantly check okay, am I in the right direction? Uh, or I have even a better idea because I filtered this and that because I dive deep in, deep in the um, company or in the client and I come to this result. How do you like this? So you come to a 2.0 or even a 4.0 uh, solution or innovative idea or creative idea. Yeah. Great. So it's really enhanced. Yeah. Um, even though design-based thinking is... It's an initiative or a process better that needs someone who is dynamic and has the ability to understand the cues and connect the dots and at the mm -hmm. same time democratize the process because they're they're just facilitating the process they're mm -hmm. gathering information and bridging the gap between mm -hmm. challenges and solutions potential solutions mm -hmm. do you believe that the same democratization of uh, solution uh, also applies into the education system. Mm -hmm. Does the potential candidate need to have specific traits in order to be able to learn and apply and evolve through design-based education? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, connecting the dots, uh, that's definitely what, um, what you as a company or what a, um, for a client or for, um, for a student to, to bridge. I have so many information 
Uh, and what do I do with that information? How do I make sure that I can uh, connect these uh, these dots? Um, it also comes with knowledge, of course. Um, so knowledge is important. Um, so uh, in my case, uh, teaching students um, about uh, marketing or communication, but also in your case, sometimes it could be uh, that clients need to be educated in, in knowledge uh, itself, what is currently happening in the market or new trends. Or you need to get the knowledge from your client what is really out there because of the expertise. Um, so connecting dots uh, and coming to solutions and how to uh, deal with this overload of information which is out there, how do you make sure that you are able to overlook this um, so from a helicopter view, um, that you're able to connect these dots. Um, of course, we help have guidance with that. We have um, project managers with that. We have um, teachers with that who are experts in a specific field. So everything comes together, whether it's a research line, whether it's a skills line, whether it's a uh, knowledge line um, and uh, coaching uh, for that. So um, for brands or for clients, you also need to guide um, your clients in knowledge or facilitate sessions, um, brainstorm sessions, ideation sessions, uh, where you come up with prototype ideas or uh, and test it and test it with your client really. Is this something with um, the customer that they really look for or not at all? Um, so um, to have all these dots and all this information, um, of course, it's, more is needed. Guidance is needed, knowledge is needed, um, and also um, strategic thinking. How can I make sure that I bridge this and really pinpoint out from this is going on? This is where I have the core, uh, where I need to be. You have the aha moment, yes, this is it, uh, where I can help a company with it further. You test it and you notice it already. Both uh, or all parties, where it's a win 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 situation, will get energy from it. Um, yeah. And that leads to uh, good, uh, good results and uh, a good output, uh, output. And then your client becomes happy about that as well. Yeah. Great, great. Yeah, yeah. of course. Fascinating. As a professor to international students and also as a person with a great purpose, for me, it's one of the greatest purpose in, in the world to be able to nurture and educate people who are going to be managing businesses and companies mm -hmm. and even governments in the future. Mm -hmm. What are the traits that the future international business manager, marketer needs to have to be attractive for the industry and also be useful and um, excel in an internationalized digital economy? Mm -hmm. uh, great question. Um, how, um, what, what is needed for young professionals to, to hit the business world? Because to be honest, I see my students um, now coming uh, at such a companies that I'm jealous at from, okay, how did they manage? And there are some students of mine, so I'm proud of, proud of them what they uh, reached. Um, um, what is needed for an uh, international business um, and professional or for uh, an international um, um, marketing uh, professional um, is really uh, to, uh, to understand the field. So whether it's with knowledge, uh, so um, dive deep in yourself in what you really are passionate about. Passion is the key uh, for a future uh, as well. Um, so embrace what you um, really look for in life uh, if you find your spot 
um, where you are um, passionate about, um, and people will see that um, and get enthusiastic from you uh, as well to, to see you with the shining eyes and um, that you will boost. Um, so people like that, like that to see that, that you're enthusiastic or uh, talented or uh, gifted about something what you're really an expert in. You can show, uh, show that with that. Um, so um, international professionals, um, what, what do you need for that? Um, um, your passion, your knowledge, uh, your power uh, to also uh, overcome um, difficulties because um, it is not always an easy road. Uh, it comes also with pitfalls and learn from the pitfalls actually. Um, the more um, actually pitfalls you have, the stronger you will become. I learned that from my um, talent program uh, students that I see them making so many mistakes and actually from those mistakes uh, you grew and to reflect upon that and then you can grow uh, so much instead of having um, walking on the path that is only linear and straightforward sometimes step aside and dare to take the risk and dare to fall off dare to make mistake um, mistakes but then also reflect upon how can i do that differently and i'm working with a colleague uh, who works at a um, musician school they um, actually have an access, uh, before they get access, they need to do a performance, uh, they need to have an assessment and so on. So it's quite, uh, quite a high um, entrance, um, well, assessment to get in. And what I learned from this, uh, this coordinator, he said all of um, the candidates who get in already had some pitfalls along the way. And they already experienced something throughout their lives. And due to that, they grow even further. Mm. And I was passionate about that from, okay, sometimes you need to look at your pitfalls and how you overcame those actually. Uh, so that's uh, undirection, not only look to the linear path and to your success, uh, successions, but also look to your failures and learn from your failures. Um, international business professionals or uh, international marketeers or um, what is needed for the future. Um, to really think in the mindset of, of others, being uh, empathic, um, think of the values of others, um, dive deep into knowledge, um, what you need for understanding somebody, um, and be enthusiastic and motivated, I would say. Yeah. Maybe one of the most important traits. Yeah. To be passionate. Yeah. Passionate be about passionate. what you really, really want to discover. Dri driven, yeah. Driven yeah. and passionate. Driven. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, really insightful and, uh, even very very useful for me as well mm -hmm. uh, uh marika thank you very much for your time we really appreciate it mm -hmm. um we're, we're gonna close it now because mm -hmm. we want to keep it to 30 minutes it was a very great talk and thank you very very much for for your time we would like to wish you uh the very best for the new year mm -hmm. and uh hope to See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much. Thank you so much for be, uh, inviting me and uh, um, talking about these topics which, uh, which passionate me um, to inspire uh, perhaps um, uh, the ones who are out there uh, to, uh, to listen to this, uh, this podcast. Um, I'm more happy to be here and I wish uh, all of you uh, the very best as well and the best start of 2022. Thank great, you. Great, great. Have a nice day and a nice holiday. Likewise. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.